Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. Genesis chapter 22, verse 14. Genesis chapter 22, verse 14. And he says, And Abraham named the place, called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. Can I say that again? The Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh. And I think we sometimes forget about that, don't we? When the, when the news comes on and there, there's more month than there is money, when the bank is calling and saying you've bounced some checks or you don't have enough money in your account or people are calling you, they don't know how they're going to pay your, their bills and your bills and you don't know how you're going to make it through, I'm here to tell you today, Jehovah Jireh this morning, amen? Jehovah Jireh, my God, will provide this morning. Praise God, the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Brothers and sisters, we are about to come on some hard times in this nation, are we not? We're about ready to come, and I can tell you as of today, there are no classified documents in the Glacier Valley Church of God. Okay, I just want to let you know, we don't have any here, okay? Just in case they came looking. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about, and it's okay. Maybe you shouldn't know what I'm talking about. But our nation is a nation in turmoil. We got both sides hiding documents. We got both sides doing things they ought not do. Amen? Our nation is a nation of corruption. Our nation is a nation that has turned us back on God. We cannot help to know that God is going to come back and judge us one day because he blessed this nation initially, and we have turned our back on God. But that does not mean that God will not provide for his people. Amen? God is going to provide for his people. See, I feel we come to church and we get the rah-rah message, but we forget to understand who God is and what he's about. We don't understand God. Amen? See, God has a name. God has a name, and this name describes who he is. Amen? This name describes the passion of God and who God is. See, back in the day when, when God would, uh, and when, the, when the people would uh, worship the false gods, their God would represent something because that God represented their characteristic in the Egyptian culture. The God, the Ra, was the sun God. He was responsible for the sun. Then you had the God that was responsible for hell. You had God responsible for the wheat. And so these gods had a name, they had a characteristic that described who they are. But I'm here to tell you today, we have one God, amen, and he was responsible for everything, amen. He is not just the God of this, he is the God of everything. Amen. He is the God of everything. See, Moses, when God appeared to him on Mount Sinai, he says, what is your name? You know why? 
because he was trying to understand who God was because he was raised in an Egyptian culture that described characteristics. Well, maybe if you tell me your name, I can try to figure you out. I'm going to tell you something, brothers and sisters, this morning. Stop trying to figure God out. Amen? Stop trying. You will never figure him out. God is God. He's going to do things differently. He's going to do things because he did things. As a matter of fact, his response to Moses, he said, he says, God, Moses says, I don't know who to tell him who sent me. And God says, tell them I am has sent me. Amen. I am has sent you. Praise God. You know what that means? That means you cannot quantify me. That means you can't explain me. That means you can't put me in a little box to show off to your friends. That means you can't construct an idol that somehow represents me. I am, I was, and I always shall be. I am God. Hallelujah. No, God, I need to. I need, to, I need you to make sense to me. I, I, need, I need you to be logical with me. God says, I am. Man, we try to figure things, God. We try to figure God out. We try to make him fit in a box. We try to make Jesus into something that he's not. How many times do we actually make Jesus into an idol because we make him into something that he's not, something that we're comfortable with? I know what I said sounds controversial, but, but listen to what I said. Amen. We try to make Jesus into something that he's not because we've been taught that and we have learned it in his word. Amen. I am telling you this morning, God says, I am this morning. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am the bread of life. And all who are coming to me, I am the resurrection and the life. I am all those things. I am this morning. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. But when we study, when we study the names of God, when we study the names of God, it helps us to understand the more of who he is. It's like a characteristic word. We know that his name is Jehovah. It means Father. It means God. But what does it mean, Jehovah Jireh? He says, I am God, the provider. Amen? See, that's important this morning. We understand that because some of you are struggling to make ends meet. Let me ask you this. How many, how many are tired of living paycheck to paycheck? Come on now. How many are tired of living like you don't know how to live anymore? Amen. How many are tired of like you got, you're, you're, you may be rich, maybe you have money, but you're poor. You know what I'm talking about? You're rich, but you're poor. The money goes out faster than it comes in, don't it? You're wondering where God is at. Is God as my provider? And I want to tell you this morning is that God, if you will let him this morning, he will be your provider this morning. Amen? And I'm going to show you how to do that because God wants to demonstrate himself to you. See, in this story of Abraham, we learn about God being that provider. Now let me, I'm not going to go over the whole story. I'm going to give you the synopsis, okay? See, Abraham was promised a son. Now remember, Abraham was already like in his 90s. Now I want you to think about that for a moment. He was already in his 90s and his wife was in her 90s as well. And God looked at them and he said, you're going to have a baby. What if I looked at you elders and said, you're going to have a baby? Baby? 
Every time we want a child, a little kid comes over and we're good for a while. We, we want grandkids eventually, no rush, but we can send them back, amen? Load them up on chocolate, send them back. But see, Isaac was the son of promise. See, how many of us have been waiting on God to fulfill that promise to us, amen? God's given us a promise and we're waiting on that promise. Well, Abraham got that promise, and this promise was very specific because it was through Isaac that a nation was going to be born. That was important. God had a plan. Well, then God came out to Abraham one day, and he says, Abraham, I want you to go take Isaac. I want you to go to Mount Moriah, and I want you to kill him. Excuse me, God? Maybe I had pizza last night. I don't know. Maybe I was too upset about the Seahawks losing yesterday. I don't know. Yeah, I brought that up. The beat down that they got. <laughs> Praise God. Lord, how can you do that? Abraham, the Bible says Abraham never really questioned. And Abraham set out for this mountain to sacrifice, to kill his son, the very promise that God gave him. Now, there's a lot of questions here that we can get into, like why would God demand a sacrifice? And all those are great questions, but we're not going to talk about that right now. We're going to talk about the faithfulness of Abraham. Because without question... Without question, Abraham did what God told him to do. Now, there was other times in life that Abraham really didn't follow God the way that he should have. He kind of, he was manipulative and he was deceitful and he lied. He lied about his, his wife being his wife. He said it was his sister and, you know, he wasn't always a great guy, but on this he was faithful. And so God promised him something and he gave him that promise that says, now I want you to give it up. And the Bible says that they made their way and they're going up the mountain. This is an amazing story. They're making their way up the mountain. And Abraham looks at his traveling companions. And he says, and I'm not going to read all the scripture. I just want you to you go back and read it later. It's in this part right here. Abraham looks at his traveling companions and says, I want you to stay here while I go on ahead. Brothers and sisters, there's sometimes when you need to give to God that you need to go off by yourself and go somewhere and get alone with God and say, God, here it is. Amen? Listen, we have church. We have church. And I, I'm, I'm thankful for church, but there's this thing that's got to be in your home, and that's called a prayer closet. Now, a prayer closet doesn't actually have to be a closet. It could be a room. It could be anywhere that you're alone. But sometimes we need to shed everything that's around us except for that gift that God has given to us and say, okay, God, I want to get alone with you. Because if we're not careful, the very thing that God has given to us can become more important than God. Did you know that? The very thing that God, the very talent that God has given us becomes more important than God. And so Abraham looks at his traveling companions and says, I want you to stay here. We're going to go on ahead. 
Can you imagine how heavy Abraham's heart was at this moment? He's walking up the mountain every step. He's having a force to put him in himself, knowing that something's about to happen. He's wondering, what am I going to say to Sarah? How am I going to explain this? How am I going to do this? How am I going to, God, what are you asking me to do? And finally, his son looks at him and says this. And this is, this is truly amazing. Now, I want you to think, with all the pictures we see of Abraham as some young child, like Isaac is young and, and easily overpowered. No, Isaac was probably in his 20s at this time. Isaac was not a, a, a child. He was a young man. Definitely could have overpowered Abram if he wanted to. And he said, Dad, I was just noticing. Just want to check with you. I see the wood. I see the rope. Dad, where's the sacrifice? Dad, I, I, I noticed you mentioned the word sacrifice. And that's the out of the two out of the three things that we need. Where's the third thing, Dad? Verse 8, Abram says this. He says that Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. Did you just hear what Abraham said? Abraham knows what's about to happen, but he says, in faith... God will take care of it. I don't know how this is going to turn out. I don't know what's going to happen. I just know that I can't try to reason everything out. I can't try to think ahead for God. I can't try to plan this out. I can't try to tell God we're going to do it. God, all I know is that God said do it, and I'm going to do it, and that settles it, and the rest is up to God. Amen? The rest is up to God. How many of us... How many of us try to how many of us try to help God out when he tells us to do something? You ever try to help him out? God, I got you. You and I, you and me, we're gonna do this together. The Lord says, Your name is not Jira. Come on now. I can't provide if you're trying to take care of it. Too many times the Lord wants to step in and we're too busy in the middle of it thinking that we're all that in the bag of chips. And the Lord says, step aside. You may got the wood of worship. You might got the rope of bondage. But I am the provision of the sacrifice. Amen. I am the sacrifice. See? If God, like we sang this morning, I love it when my daughter picks out songs. I don't tell her what I'm preaching on. We don't sit down and have a planning meeting. When we're singing that song, Do It Again, and I almost went into heaven right when we were singing it. Because there's been times that God has blessed me and taken care of me. And if he's done it in the past, why will he not do it again? Amen. Oh, pastor, this time's different. No, it's not. It's just harder, okay? Just accept the fact that sometimes it's harder, but you may have the tallest wall and the thickest wall, but my God is higher and bigger than anything, amen? God can overcome. He can make you jumper of a wall, like according to David. My God can do anything. My God can do anything. 
my God can do anything. Come on now. Come on, are you with me this morning? If you don't help me out, I'm going to preach longer. All right? We'll, we'll stay here two hours. The food's going to be cold. Amen? I would say I'd go to McDonald's, but I don't want to do that either. I'll be there for two hours. We've got to get out of the way. We've got to get out of the way. You're still a participant, though. It's not one of those things where, where you says, okay, now sometimes this happens. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it works out like this. But he's not going to just say, okay, you sit there. I'll take care of everything. Just sit there. No, it doesn't work like that. God wants you to be an active participant. Amen? Abram walked up the mountain. Amen? Have you ever tried to walk up a mountain? Three years ago, I took my family to Mount Roberts. Dumb thing I did. You realize that's an actual mountain? Right? Did you have to walk uphill? And, 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 and my family was complaining, and, and finally I started complaining. I said, maybe you guys could carry me. And they said something about taking three or four trips to do that. And I'm not sure what they meant by that. Amen? And, and, and Nick Blanco, this guy is just really weird. He talks about climbing mountains all the time. And he says, yeah, I went off and I climbed this mountain. The next day I climbed this mountain. I said, you need to be quiet and get that evil out of my face. Amen? I told this story many times. The first week here, Will tried to kill me on a trail. It's only two miles, Pastor. <laughs> to the first marker. <laughs> I was on my couch for days, dead. Amen. But here, Abraham is over 100 years old climbing this mountain, amen? I'm never saying that when God is providing for you, it's going to be super easy. No, it's going to be hard because each step that you take, you're giving yourself more and more to God. You're becoming more and more determined, amen? You're saying, God, you're saying, God, I'm not going to turn around you ever, you ever been somewhere that turning around is scarier than going forward? I was with Will that time when we were climbing, and he says, well, Pastor, we can go back. And I looked down, and there was a mountain, and if I would have taken one step, but I went to my death. And I'm like, we're good. You're not scared? I had to get brave. No, I'm not scared. I'm fine. I was scared. Sometimes going back will bring you more harm, Right? Sometimes going backwards is worse than going forward. Brothers and sisters, we need to rely on God this morning. Amen? See, to receive the blessing of God, we've heard the messages where we need to give up sin. But sometimes what God is asking for us is to give up the very thing he has given us. The very blessing he's given us. He wants us to give that back to him. That's hard. But you know, you know why he wants that? And I, I, I sort of mentioned it earlier. He doesn't want it to become an idol. 
He doesn't want the very thing he's given us to become more important than he is. See, to receive the blessing, Abraham had to be willing to offer up his best. Offer up his best. See, we have this mentality of God will take care of me first and I will give. God, I'll start giving financially if you, you know, bless me. It doesn't work that way, guys. You cannot sit there and say, bless me, Lord, financially, and then I will give. Because you know what will happen? You'll never give. You'll never give. My wife and I were talking yesterday, and we were just talking about our blessings. And I was talking about how much she's a blessing to me and how much I appreciate her. She, she's just She's just so sweet to me when I'm, when I'm not doing well. She takes care of me, and I appreciate that. I mean, I joke around a lot, but she's just incredibly wonderful, and I appreciate everything she does. And um, I, we were just talking about how blessed we were. And I, I remember there were times financially that we, we thought we were going to lose everything, and, and, and it just seemed like we, were, we should have gone into bankruptcy, but we had stopped paying our tithe because we thought we don't have it. And, and I remember the Lord spoke to us, and he says, I can't bless you if you don't create an atmosphere for me to bless you. And so we started giving. And, and some people have this attitude, well, tithe is not in the Old Testament. We don't abide by the Old Testament. We don't have to do all that. And I think people get wrapped up in the wrong things. I think we get so worked up about what's Old Testament and what's New Testament, we forget that it's an actual Bible. Okay? If, if, if Abraham gave tithe before tithe was instituted in the law, then I'm going to do what Abraham did. Okay? You guys don't understand that, right? Abraham gave tithe. So if Abraham did it, I'm going to do what he did. Right? And what is tithe? Tithe is the first fruits of what's been given to you. If you're, now I want you to hear me when I say this, and some of you know what I'm talking about. When you're faithful to God, now faithful, I don't mean once a month faithful. I don't mean once a month faithful, I mean faithful. When you're faithful to God, you know what he does? Is he is faithful to you. You gotta be willing to give up your best. And for some of us, money is our best. We're going to be willing to give up. And I'm, my wife and I were talking about, you know, we, just, we used to just give tithe. But we started giving money to missions. We started giving money to the youth program. We started giving money just to give money. Right? We, we just, like, we need to give to the church. And we would buy things for the church, and we wouldn't get a receipt back. We would just take care of it, Okay? And the Lord has done more in our lives, even though I probably make less money. The Lord has blessed us more in this past year just by doing more. Amen? See, I'm not sitting here saying, 
And I, I've been in church service to say, well, if you'll give $1,000, stand up. I hate that. That's not of God, right? I hate that. You know what I'm going to say? If you're going to give to God, then God's going to take what you've given. If you've given it with the right heart. See, Will says this sometimes. If you're going to give it with the wrong heart, don't give. I kind of like saying, well, give anyway. Just do it with the wrong heart. But, you know, no, that's not true. Don't give. You need to give it with the right heart, amen? You need, to, you need to give with a heart like Will is saying. You need to give with a heart of, of expectancy, amen? Because you may be giving up the very thing that you think you don't have, but we're going to find out in a minute what God does, amen? God is your provider this morning, amen? But you got to be willing to step into that role. you got to be willing to step in the role of servanthood. See, some of you, God has given talent. God has given you abilities. And you're hiding it. You're hiding it like you don't know what nobody to know. Can I tell you, if God's given me ability, I'm going to let everybody know? Amen? Now, that doesn't mean you're going to become the pastor tomorrow. Okay, I'm still the pastor. We can't do that, okay? But it means that God has something in store for you. There's plenty of positions in this church that we need done. Amen? And, but don't come to me and say, Pastor, what do I do? You know why? Because that's not my job to tell you. Did you know that? My job is to give you the word of God. God's job is to talk to you and for you to know what you're supposed to do. My job is to affirm it. Now, sometimes there's training that needs to take place. Like, if you want to be a teacher, I need to talk to you about how to teach. We need to, I need to see your faithfulness. You can't just walk into some roles. There's, there's, some, there's some humility that has to happen there, amen? But if we want to walk in the blessing that God has for us, then we need to give him our best, amen? Don't just show up on Sunday morning, amen? Come on Sunday night. Come on Wednesday night. Come on children. I mean, Sunday school. We need to involve ourselves in the Passion of God, amen? I tease Brother Randy all the time because I can. It's just fun. And he told me, he says, Pastor, I just, I got to do something. I got to do something. And I said, Randy, just pray about it and God will show you what to do. And he's literally just bouncing off the walls, which is hilarious to watch him do that. And he looked at me one day, well, I'm just going to go out and help the homeless. I said, okay, go do that. He goes, you're okay with that? I said, yeah, I'm okay with that. Go help the homeless. Really? I said, yeah. I said, by the way, why don't you grab a couple people and see if they'll go with you? Can I tell you this has turned into a ministry now? We have people going to help the homeless. We have people. And hey, guess this is, you know, we started out with this once a month evangelism, and we're going to see where this is going, because we may, we may just turn this into the homeless thing. We're, within the next couple of months, we're looking at going down and preparing a meal. Oh, man. We're looking at going down and preparing a meal for people. And feeding them and loving on them and just caring for them. We're not there to proselytize them. We're not there to, they just need somebody knows that cares about them. Amen. Now, we need to protect the people that go down. But we're just going to go and love on them and show them Jesus. Amen. Listen, what Randy just had a passion for, all of a sudden has turned into a ministry. And he can't contain himself. 
He, he texted me like 20 times last night with pictures of everybody. I had to block him. He was all excited. He goes, look, Pastor, look, what, look what's going on. Look what God is doing. Now, Randy three years ago was not the Randy he is right now. And see, I'm only picking on Randy. I can name a lot of people in this church where God is doing things in people. See, our job is not to come in and just sit down and raise our hands and pay our tithes or go home. No, this is an atmosphere. We need God to be our provider this morning. God is our Jehovah Jireh. The second thing I want you to see about this story is that Isaac didn't fight him. Isaac let his hands be bound and he laid on the altar. You know what this is a replica of or is a foreshadowing of Jesus? Jesus, even though he was so strong and he could have literally just taken everybody out, he could have called on a thousand legion of angels to rescue him. He allowed himself to be killed for our sins. Jehovah Jireh. He is enough. What's, what's keeping you from that relationship with God this morning where you trust him? Is it finances? Is it relationships? Is it fear? Oh, pastor, I, I would get involved, but I just get nervous and I get anxiety. Listen, everybody gets anxiety, amen? God has not given you that spirit. I wanted you to know right now, God has not given you that spirit. It is time for us to get the victory this morning and realize that everyone in this room is called by God. Start walking like it. Start talking like it. Start acting like it. And walk in the victory that he's provided for you. Amen. Third thing I want to talk about this morning about Isaac is right when Abraham had the death blow. He had the knife up, and he was going to kill his son. Can you imagine what he was feeling? Okay, God, any time now. Okay, got my knife out. Come on, any time. An angel of the Lord appears and says, stop. God has seen what you've done. Do you realize that's what God wants from us? When my kids were smaller, and I'm sorry, Julie, to do this to you when you're in the room, but I'm not really sorry, but I'm just apologizing for because I don't know if anybody else's kids were like this. I will tell you that I was never like this. I never argued with my parents at all. Anytime they asked me to do something, I would bow, and I said, yes, father, yes, mother. <laughs> But my daughter, she likes to argue with us because she knew better. She knows better than us, right? And, and, and my son would do it too. He would argue with us, and they would, they would give us a little lip. I remember 
giving my dad a little lip one time. I don't remember what happened right after that, but when I woke up, I woke up, and I realized I probably shouldn't have done that, right? I probably should not give him lip anymore, and to this day, I don't give him lip. Now, am I faster than him? Yes. But he eventually will come get me. Brothers and sisters, why do we argue with God? God says, I've called you to do this. Eh, God, I think you got the wrong person. I want you to do this. Eh, Lord, you have messed up. Do you realize there's things about you that I can't do? You know, somehow we've gotten this, this idea about pastors that they could do everything, that they're, they're, they have all the gifts, that they're able to do everything, and they have all the abilities. And people get shocked when they find out that that's not true. Like, people will be shocked to know that I'm not really good with people. I, I struggle with it. Because people think that as a pastor, I'm supposed to be good with people and understand their feelings. I'm not. But you know who is? My wife. God complimented me with her, and she'll come behind me, and she goes, you don't need to act that way. You need to do this. And my response to her is, why? But she knows, right? She has gifts that I don't have. You have gifts that I don't have. Brother Randy, working with the homeless people is a gift that I don't have. And more importantly, I don't have time to do. But that's his ministry. Some of you, God has called, and I feel this with all my heart this morning. Some of you, God has called. And listen, my, my, job, my job is not to necessarily give you permission, but to affirm you to help you, to give you the resources. Now, today probably wouldn't be the best day because I'm on drugs. <laughs> Amen. I'm on drugs. If you were to try to talk to me right now, it's, it's going to be a little touchy. You guys aren't laughing like you're supposed to. In my mind, you're laughing, and I don't hear you laughing. God has called you, amen? God is. God has ordained you. But there's something that has to come with that, though. Just because God has ordained you doesn't give you the right to be proud. Doesn't give you the right to be proud. It doesn't make you. It doesn't make what you do more important than anything else in this church, because it's not. Everything is subject to the cross and the pulpit. When God provides for you, he wants to provide for you. And I believe that right now the church is at this precipice. We're at this point. We're about ready to step into this greatest moment that we've ever experienced. We're about ready to step into this awesome time. But we've got to trust God to do something, don't we? What's holding you back as they put on some music for me? What's holding you back? Is it money? Is it relationships? Is it faith? Is it commitment? See, so many people want God to bless them, 
but they're not here often enough to make it happen. You got to be in church. You got to you got to be here in church. Oh come on pastor, I don't have to be in church. Listen, the church is the bride of Christ. You need to be here. Amen. If we're going to want to be blessed by God, then we got to do the things that God wants us to do. What's holding you back today? What's, what's holding you back from walking in victory? What's, what's keeping you for stepping over that line? You know, the most, you know the most frustrating thing as a pastor, and Jenny and I talked about this yesterday, the most frustrating thing as a pastor is the people that we see who live in misery, walk in misery, talk in misery, and they stay in misery. And we say, hey, here's, here's something you can do. Here's a path that you can take. I hear you, but I want to be in my misery. Why? 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 I don't get that. Why not walk in glory? Why not walk in victory? No, no, no. I want to, I want to. Somehow we think feeling bad about ourselves is more spiritual. It's actually demonic. Can I say that again? It's demonic. Because we become a poor example of who Christ is. We need to walk in victory. We need to walk with our hands held high, knowing that, yes, I'm sacrificing inside, but God has provided for me once more. God has provided. Provided. See, I don't think we gotta understand that it's not in our spirits yet. God has provided for you. God has provided for you this morning. But are you ready to step away from those things that so easily beset us? What do you need to give up? What do you need to give up? In other words, quit being a downer and realize that God's given you the victory. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. Come on, stand with me and say this. I'm going to see a victory. Come on, say it again. I am going to see a victory. See, God said this in Matthew 6. He says, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valued than they? God provided for Elijah with the ravens.
God provided for the widow with oil. God provided for the Israelites with manna. What is your story? What has God provided for you? Everybody with their heads bowed and eyes closed. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. First of all, is there anybody here this morning that you have not given your life to Jesus? He has provided a blood covenant for you, a sacrifice to make you holy. If that's you, I just simply want you to raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you right now. Raise your hand across the place if there's anybody that has not given their life to Jesus. I'm only going to give you a couple seconds here if that's you. All right, all hearts and minds are clear. Say, Pastor, I have things that I'm holding on to that are keeping me from victory. I'm holding on to it. I need God to provide in my life. I need God to provide for me financially. I need God to provide for me mentally, spiritually. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. I see hands across this place being raised. I'm going to pray for you right now, and then I'm going to ask Richard to come up and close this out in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for your people. I'm asking you, God, that you provide once more, God, for your people. Father, I pray that as Jehovah Jireh in this place, God, God, you provided a ram for the sacrifice of Abraham. So, Lord, I ask you even now, Lord, that you move in this place, God, and provide for the needs of your people. Lord, you know what those needs are, God, and I ask that you do it right now, God. Thank you, Lord. Bless this church, God, in your holy name I pray. Amen and amen again. Richard, come on and pray for us. We're going to go downstairs. We're going to have a wonderful meal. I'm going to ask that there's some people that stay afterwards to help clean. Let's take care of our church. Amen. Let's take care of our church. This is your church. Let's take care of it. But I want you to stay. I want you to enjoy the fellowship. And I want you to know how much I love you. You've got to know that, how much I care about you. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.